Join us and unwind with a good book. Welcome to Relaxing Reads. Hi, it's Deb in Halifax. Hi, it's Simone in Vancouver. Hey, it's Tanya in Edmonton. Our latest read, Three Holidays and a Wedding, is a team effort from authors Uzma Jalaluddin and Marissa Stapley. As strangers and seatmates, Miriam and Anna fly to Toronto over the holidays. Miriam to her sister's impromptu wedding and Anna to meet her boyfriend's wealthy family for the first time. Neither expect that severe turbulence will scare them into confessing their deepest hopes and fears to one another. They end up being forced to delay those holiday plans thanks to a snowmageddon scenario and land at a quirky inn on the outskirts of Snow Falls, a picture-perfect town where, of course, a holiday romance could happen. But as Miriam and Anna start to feel the magic of Snow Falls and find love better than their deepest hopes, they just might realize there's no place they'd rather be for the holidays. So, ladies, (laughs) there's romance, there's chaos, and there's so much more, but what else could you wish for traveling over the holidays? Oh, I think that everybody, everybody at some point has had some sort of (laughs) issue with holiday traveling, whether it's missed flights or missed luggage, or you don't end up getting to where you need to get to. And and that's exactly what happens in this novel. You know, they're they're flying, Anna and Mariam are, are, are flying from Denver and they, they're supposed to be going to Toronto, and they don't actually get there. They were supposed to go to Ottawa then, and all of a sudden they ended up in this little town called Snow Falls. And it is like the most idyllic-like setting ever. I mean, I think everybody can kind of, you know, when you, Christmas is all about snow and all that kind of stuff. And this in this place, it's like, yeah, Snowmageddon. <laughs> <laughs> like snow everywhere and it's like I, I totally wanted to be in Snow Falls absolutely Just mountains and mountains of snow yeah this book reads like a Hallmark movie starting right from the beginning you really get into it the characters are lovely both of them at first there's some hesitation because you're trying to figure out what they're like but definitely a magical book and uh, I know we've read books from Marissa the last two uh, years during this time of year and so I was really excited when she told us she was working on a multi-faith novel and it was it was interesting because just learning about the different traditions when it comes to even Ramadan and Hanukkah I really like that touch in this book and yeah snow falls is just a magical place and I and that's mm-hmm. that's when snow is nice when you can just you don't have to go to work you don't yes. have to commute you can just sit there and enjoy it and look at it that's when I like snow yeah yeah right I, I, I felt one, all the feels and the snow as well I am not an outdoor winter person uh, not like I used to be but if it's, it's snowing like it does in the Hallmark movies, like we imagine with this book, it feels quite perfect. And I have to say that this was one of my favorite reads. I was feeling absolutely everything. I love the multi-faith and multi-holiday idea. And I think it would be so wonderful to be able to experience each one of them as they were um, throughout the book. And there was something about these characters, these main characters, these two women that I really connected with. And I just felt like I want to be there. And and it's not that I don't want to spend ho- the holidays with my family. But if I was traveling uh, like they were, and I ended up in a place like this, I think I would be okay with it. 
you know, when it comes to traveling, you just have to be open, especially that time of year. And that's what I think one mm-hmm. of the big things about this book was. They were just very open to the circumstances, to their surroundings, and just kind of being like, okay, when life gives you lemons, let's make lemonade. There was less of that frustration and anger that can come with when your plans are ruined. It was like, well, we should expect this kind of stuff to happen this time of year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Except Saima, like she was a little, like she was a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was Obviously, a lot. Obviously, yeah. she's, yeah. she's supposed to be getting married in Toronto. So I think that, you know, yeah, everybody else kind of like, kind of, you know, went, okay, well, this is sort of what's happening. And but she's a little spitfire, right? And she's like, go, go, go. And she's like, you don't know, I, I'm getting married. Like, <laughs> Bridezilla. You know, in Toronto. She was sort of a little bit, a, a little bit like that. But I sort of like Deb. I, I was with you on, you know, sort of the the multi faith, and I actually really loved learning about all of the customs and everything. And and you know, one of the, one of the favorite uh, parts in this book is when you know they realized that the marriage, you know, was not going to be happening in Toronto, and and they threw her. A lovely party, and I'm, I don't know whether I'm going to get the name right. They threw her like a like a mend mendy party, yeah. Yes, they threw her a party, and it was just like I just love the fact that it just it to me it just seems so colorful and bright and happy, and I thought that that was such a wonderful thing to do because of course she's the one who is sort of in a little bit of chaos and yeah. uh, and they did this wonderful thing for her and I just I really love that <laughs> yeah and I think if you it's you know like the best of of these three religions so or these holidays um, all coming together and and celebrating each other um, and initially these characters Miriam and Anna when they met on the flight they were probably thinking oh we are the extreme opposites there's there's no way that we could ever you know connect unless we were sitting or assigned these seats on this flight and then my mm-hmm. gosh as things unraveled they had so much more in common didn't they yeah they absolutely did and by looks you wouldn't have thought it because here's Anna uh, in her uh, Manolo Blahniks, right? These shoes, yeah. which I'm like, yeah. all oh ready my gosh. for the snowstorm. I know Simone loves the purses, and I'm like, I am all about shoes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's standing in the snow with those shoes. And then, you know, Mariam, you know, she self describes herself in the book as Borium, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the older sister, the dutiful sister. She's got to do this and she's got to do that. And I kind of really like the arc that she went through, you know? And mm. um, it's sort of like, you know, she kind of had self-discovery on her own and she kind of changed thing around going, you know what? I don't have to do all of this. Why am I taking on all this crap? Why am I doing this to myself? I'm making <laughs> yeah. myself crazy. And and she really does grow throughout the novel. And uh, I just loved reading and, and watching her grow and kind of discovering herself and going, yeah, I'm a pharmacist, but I really love to write. I'm like, oh, (laughs) look at you go. So I just really, I I really loved reading her character. I think for them, it was kind of that moment of pause, right? So first they're on the the flight together. Things are, uh, you know, going crazy with the turbulence and things. And then you're opening up to a complete stranger, things you've never said to someone. And then when they got to snowfalls, for both of them, it was a time to pause and reflect. And I think in life, we're so rushed. We're so busy. We don't really take those moments to just be with our thoughts and be with ourselves as much as we need to. So I think for both of them, it was a moment of reflection. And and this time of year, it's, it's something you want to do is just have the holidays, have a break and be like, 
What am I doing with my life? Am I happy with my life? What are the changes I need to make? Because it's never too late to plan something exciting or new for yourself or for your future. So I think that was kind of the big message in this story is things just hum along and we bumble along and we go with life. But sometimes you need to just take a step back and think about mm-hmm. what's happening in your life and make yeah. some changes. And a different yeah. scene, I think, you know, when you're traveling, and I love the airport. I love, as long as I've got myself <laughs> organized and I get there, and I don't mind being the person who's, you know, several hours ahead of, uh, you know, when we're scheduled to be there, um, because I love to people watch, and I imagine what might be happening in each relationship, each group of people. Um, but... I think when you're in a different scene, everybody's busy, everybody's got so much on the go. And sometimes you go through your daily routine without realizing that you're just you're going through the motions. And and sometimes because it is so busy, you don't have time to pause and really wonder, is this the way I should go? Is this the route that I should be taking? Or can I try it? a little differently. But when you're traveling, you have the time to kind of look around and, and take in the sights and sounds. That's when I think a lot of us can feel like our true selves. And and maybe Mm -hmm. when you get on the flight, or you, you start the conversation when you're sitting and waiting to board, when you do spill, for whatever reason, with a complete stranger, I guess maybe thinking that you won't see them again. So what? what's to lose? Let's just throw, I need to throw what's on my mind yes. somewhere. So I'm just going to throw it in your lap, if that's okay with you, stranger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think you're I've, right, Deb. It's like you don't, we probably won't see this person again. And I think that's what gives us the freedom is that there is no judgment. Like they don't know us. Yeah. We don't know them. We can just sort of our deepest, because I think sometimes we talk to family and friends, sometimes with a filter, you know, yeah. like, I don't can I say this? I mean, it depends on the friend. And certainly with family, it can be very judgmental. And so like, I'm, I'll tell you a little bit, but I'm not going to tell you everything because I don't want that judgment, mm-hmm. you know, and, and with strangers, it's like, you can just gush. And, you know, they might be able to give you a piece of advice or they might be able to laugh or whatever. I think it's just that release of just letting like kind of bearing your soul and just, ha, here you go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that. Isn't it like when you're, so we're talking about them being seatmates, but it's the same could be said when you're on vacation. I feel like when you're on vacation, you're freer and you are less worried about what you wear or how you act or if you're consuming one too many beverages because you're just in that place Mm -hmm. where it is. Nobody knows me here. I can let loose. I don't have to be worried. Whereas you're right, sometimes in those situations with friends and family, there might be that one person that you're like, oh, uh, are they judging me or how I'm behaving or how I'm acting? And you kind of worry. So mm-hmm. I think that's the yeah. beauty of travel in general is just you're kind of you're kind of free for those moments in time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, I, you know, yeah. Deb, you talked about like you like to get to the airport early. And it's like my boyfriend is like he just <laughs> he just shows up in the nick of time. So the last <laughs> few times we traveled, I'm like, I'm like, seriously, dude, like I said, you know what? My vacation starts as soon as I'm through security. Yes. So it's yeah. like I like yes. to get through security and then I like to sit there and I like to have a glass of wine, maybe yeah. look at some books, you know, and I'm just like my, you know, vacation starts as soon as I'm cleared. And I'm like, so, you know, we've been traveling like that because I push, I hate being late for anything. And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, this is actually really nice. I'm like, 
hello. <laughs> yeah, because the last thing you want is to be rushing to the gate or there's traffic. And then it's like one time I was with two friends and they were so late and it was so irritating. And it's like oh. we got there and it was like we literally didn't even have time to grab like even a Starbucks before the plane. And I was like, I just oh. want to just settle in. You just want to... Yeah. yeah. And also, like, I loved Anna. You know, I, I related to Anna. Poor Anna. I, you know, she gets to the gate and the and the check-in, you know, says, yeah, that that's not going on the flight. Your bag. It's like, what do you mean it's not right. going to go on the flight? Well, it's too big. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Same thing happened to me going to Mexico. And it's like, I bought my luggage specifically with the specifications for international carry-on, right? And uh-huh. I'm like, did the did the cabin change mm. all of a sudden? They would not. And I only packed one bag. I got it all in there for like a 10-day trip. They wouldn't let me put it on the plane. <laughs> like uh-huh. in carry-on. And I'm like, you kidding me? I said, this is like an international coated. Like They're like, I'm sorry. It's not going to go on. And then I got on and I'm looking around. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it totally yeah. would have fit. <laughs> yeah, totally that happened fit. to me. As well, um, traveling internationally. And I did have a few extra things because um, the trip I was going to, there was going to be a surprise element. My cousin was celebrating her 50th birthday. And so I had some gifts, but I also had um, some decorations. And so yeah. my bag was was a little... You know, it was stuffed, but I, I took a few things out. And it looked like everybody else's bag. And... Mm-hmm. And and they're like, that's not going to fit. I'm like, no, it's going to fit. It's going to fit. So then when they were asking for people to volunteer because they had too many, they needed to to actually check. So I volunteer and I got up there and she's looking at me. She said, is that going to fit in there? Probably not. Anyway, it didn't fit. And she said, well, we're going to have to charge you for that. I'm like, I volunteered. I know. I volunteered. Anyway, it wasn't like it was a lot of money, but that was my fear because I've not traveled with checked bags in such a long time. But I thought, oh, well, let's see what happens. And it landed with yep. with us. So I was happy and, and that was fine. But oh, my Well, it's dear. like we all we're all there, right? Like nobody wants to check baggage. Of course, no. Simone, you guys went on a no. huge trip. But, um, you know, and I and it's like you just don't want to deal with the landing and finding the carousel and all that, right? No. Like you just want to go. <laughs> yeah. Even the big trips, like it's like we were putting most, like we were all combining our stuff in all suitcases. It wasn't like one person has their own because I'm like, if one of them gets lost, we all still need options. So it was like mm-hmm. mixing and matching all oh, the stuff. Um, when it came to, obviously, Anna's luggage didn't arrive. What did we think about her her Josh Tannenbaum, <laughs> Chase Taylor, uh, oh. you know, this, this kind of Hollywood type actor rescuing her there's moments he's carrying her through the snow. Yeah, that whole Hallmark vibe. But what was interesting was there were moments where she would find out stuff about him, but she didn't seem as bothered. You know, like Miriam was the one who was like, listen, you need to be bothered by this. Yeah. But she almost <laughs> didn't seem as irritated about some of the stuff that he was doing, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe she already in her mind with her relationship that was... With you know, Nick? With Nick. Nick. Oh, Nick. Uh, oh, mm. boy. <laughs> I guess without realizing that she had already settled um, what was to come, um, that 
you know, part of her was, you know, I'm just going to let this happen. And I don't know, maybe she's like some people, um, like myself, sometimes as a single person, I, I end up flirting and allowing that to happen when you're traveling. Um, I don't know that I would allow anybody to carry me um, if if I needed to <laughs> through the snow. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but um, I, um, I think like, I, yeah, yeah, I, I think I think in a way like I do think that she was sort of preoccupied, at least some part of her brain was preoccupied yeah. with Nick. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's maybe why she didn't let Josh it really affect her in so many ways, you know, sort of like, is he dating his co-star? Is he not? Like, what is he doing? And I think because she always had like one foot in Toronto with his, you know, really rich family and, and yeah. one foot in Snow Falls. And, and of course, she goes through a change as well in terms of what of what she's going to do. It's a lot of a lot of fun to read. But, you know, I knew Nick like at the very beginning when he was leaving first and he, he kissed her as they were like leaving their apartment. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, coffee breath. I'm like, you're done, buddy. Yeah. 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 You are done. Yeah. He didn't even didn't care. Like Why aren't you here? Why no. haven't you made it? Where's your oh stuff? Gosh. What are you doing? Like, how about oh, how are you? Are you OK? I was like, when her cell phone died, yeah. I was like, this is the best thing that's happening for you. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, yeah. the storm of the century arrives and everybody, everybody's flights, everybody's travel plans were affected, not just for those groups that mm-hmm. we met in the book. But and and here he is thinking that somehow she could get out of it and she could control she what was carpet? happening. Like, I know. <laughs> because it has to be perfect for his perfect family. Oh, too much pressure. I'm glad she's out yeah. of that. There was a moment at the end where I thought they might reconcile when she was like, oh, oh well, he's too. coming to get me. And when I was like, no, no, you can't. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. you can't. I know. And then yeah. there was Miriam and Seif, the childhood uh, crush oh, yeah. that yes. came to fruition. It was kind of cool that oh. there were like two love stories going on. You know, in most books, it's kind of like mm-hmm. one. So you've got all these holidays going on. you got the love stories going on. And I didn't realize that happened in the year 2000, where everything was kind of happening at once. I was like, I, I never paid attention. that. Did you? Yeah, okay. I, I do. And, um, and also, <laughs> the big storm in Toronto, uh, and the fact that, you know, the mayor of the t- at the time asked, you know, for the army's help. And I think, oh. um, you know, here's a big city, big city, asking for help from military members in, uh, I think it was in PEI. That's right. Um, yeah, the military, you know, so <laughs> Toronto needs the help of the, the smallest province in the, in the country. But um, yeah, so I guess it was it was loosely based on, on that. But uh, I, I can't imagine, I mean, you know, going through this story and, and living through through this particular story, but Actually, at the time when it was happening, I don't know that I would have been okay or, or played along with it, unless you know there was some kind of a romance happening. And or it, well, it that's came the thing <laughs> when it comes to like how we each would have handled that scenario. Like for me, I would have been the Saima in the beginning because I'm such a planner and I like to have things be a certain way. But I'm also very spontaneous. I think that's just me with like a Libra forever trying to find balance. Like it's always one <laughs> or the other. So I think it would be like that whole like life is ruined. This sucks. I'm not happy. And then I would just be like, well, it is what it is. So let's just now enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, one of my there's I think I think there's quite a few takeaways from this book. Of course, like Anna's dad, who mm. has passed away prior to this book, he had lots of things, you know, words of wisdom and sayings. And Dadu, who I absolutely yes, loved, he's one of my favorite him. characters. He's like Me he always too. has like these amazing these amazing things and then uh, things that he's saying and then um Simon and and, and Miriam they they reconciled at the end because of course a whole bunch of stuff happens and then they reconcile the two sisters get to you know reconcile and they talk about their feelings and how they approach their lives and 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 what Miriam wants out of her life and I love that Simon uh, said you know, well, it doesn't really, you know, move to California and be with him. If it doesn't work out, then at least you tried. And I'm like, I, there's so much a part of this book is is sort of like, well, just go and do it. Go for it. And, and yeah. just go for it. Because at least, you know, I think for everybody in, every, in everything in life, you know, if there's something that you really want, just go and try it. Because mm-hmm. by taking one step in another direction you are forcing your life to a bunch of stuff to start changing, right? Now, maybe it'll be mm-hmm. great, maybe it won't, but if you don't take the step, you'll never know. Exactly. And then you just true. keep going and going and going. Yeah. And I really loved a bunch of this book where everybody's taking like these little mini steps. And yeah, who was like your guys' favorite character? Oh, well, you said... Uh, Dadu. Um, Dadu. Yeah. Dadu. Or, or Mr. Oh. Mr. Dadu. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Yes, Mr. Mr. Dadu. Yeah. I think yeah. I would I, I would love to be stuck at the airport and, and meet up with him. I think it would just be so enriching. And there were so many takeaways from his loving soul. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, everybody's grandfather is, is what somebody referred to him as. And, yeah, yes. I think he was just... Just so beautiful. I want to be stuck with Josh Tannenbaum. <laughs> oh, well, there is that, too. Yeah, okay, that well, would be okay. Josh, yes. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I am like full on into Hallmark. And honestly, I have been into Hallmark movies since like November. So reading yeah. this book, I'm like, oh, my gosh. So there's like a Hallmarky type of film being shot in this little town there's snow he's really hot this guy and i'm like oh yeah i want to be mm-hmm. hannah yeah. i want him to carry me like a fireman to the, <laughs> to the, to the lodge but Aww. a perfect read for this time of year um it amazing. really is yeah Absolutely. and just like the hallmark um shows or similar shows a lot of people might think well it's so predictable it's so cheesy but in the end there are so many great, wonderful messages, and it's uplifting, and it makes you feel good, and it makes you believe that there is hope in in so many areas of our life and those that we encounter. Um, so I think, you know, read more rom-coms, especially holiday rom-coms, and the world will be a much better place. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well said, Deb. <laughs> well, thanks. all right i think it's time we speak with the authors of the book marissa and uzma and ask some of our questions and share our thoughts on this amazing novel loved 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 the book i know marissa last year when you told us about this book it was we were excited from the get-go because i feel like every november we read one of your holiday rom-coms so this was so fun to get into this multi-faith novel um so i guess just leading us off maybe both of you can share kind of where the idea came from 
Uh, essentially, uh, Marissa and I are both Toronto-based writers, and uh, we both had a book coming out in 2021, and we were just kind of in touch talking about some uh, option, like movie options and, you know, getting into the in, in, into screenwriting and things like that. I, I told Marissa about this idea that I'd had to write a multi-faith holiday rom-com movie. And uh, a couple of months, I think it was a couple of months later, she came back to me and said, why don't we turn it into a book instead? Yes. Mm-hmm. And Usma gave it a little bit of thought because she, I, we always joke that she, she said to me, like, I need a few weeks to think about this. And I, one of the many things Usma has taught me because now when people ask me to do something, I take a minute um, instead of just saying yes. And so I waited for two weeks and then she said yes. And I was so absolutely thrilled. And and we had so much fun writing this, um, this, this book. It seemed like that. I saw that in the author discussion in the back. And you're right. Sometimes, like, even it's a good reminder, even in going into the holidays, sometimes we just say yes to everything because we're in the moment. But just having that time to to know that it's okay to take that space to think about it and just if it's a project you can handle. But we're so glad this came came together. Yeah, absolutely. I thoroughly enjoyed this book. And, um, and I was actually really fascinated with the idea that, you know, the three holidays all happening at the same time or or around the same time like how often how often does that happen like once every like you set this in 2000 right and like how often does does this sort of thing come about so it really did happen in 2000. I think, Asma, you'll, you can speak to the, the way the Muslim calendar works and why this happens every 33-ish years. Yeah, a lot of people don't oh, know that the, uh, that, that um, Muslims follow, uh, you know, obviously we follow the regular calendar, but we also have, you know, like the Islamic calendar, uh, similar to the way like there's, you know, like like the Chinese calendar or, you know, other faiths uh, and other uh, cultural groups have that. So the, the Islamic calendar uh, is, a te- it's a lunar calendar. So what that means is that it's, 10 to 11 days shorter than the regular Gregorian calendar. And so our okay. months kind of travel through the year. So basically every 33 years, it makes a full rotation over our regular calendar. So sometimes we celebrate uh, Ramadan, like last year it was in, uh, uh, the end of it was in May. This year it'll start in, you know, 10 days behind. So it'll be like, we'll, we'll celebrate the end of Ramadan in the beginning of April. So every 33 years, it goes throughout the whole year. And in the year 2000, that was the last time that we celebrated Ramadan in the month of Ramadan in December. And it just happened to to fall very close. The end of it happened to fall very close to uh, Christmas time. Uh, it was a really magical time. I remember, remember being a younger person and, you know, as someone who doesn't really celebrate Christmas, I felt like I was like for once kind of included in the spirit of things because my holiday was also mm-hmm. around the same time. And I know Hanukkah often, depending on the year, sometimes falls very close to Christmas as well. Yeah, And, and so with this, idea like where we're celebrating Christmas, Ramadan and and Hanukkah. How did that come about that you, that you both wanted to weave a story, a very magical story, I must say, in a in a beautiful setting like how did this all come together that you wanted to, you know, take these three holidays and combine them and and then write a story about that? Did you have an idea as to what you you wanted to say in writing this? So I was raised in a multi-faith home with I had a Jewish stepmother, my stepfather is a minister and and so we always celebrated b- both and various Jewish holidays. And so that was, I think, really when when Ismael was talking about the confluence of these three holidays, 
it appealed to me because, as you know, I do write the holiday rom-coms. I love Christmas. I love it so much, but it is not the only holiday. And this just felt like such a great opportunity to bring in my past and my childhood um, and then learn from Ozma about a holiday I didn't know much about. And that was such a great experience. That's just so beautiful because, yeah, it makes me think of that. Like my parents immigrated here from India and growing up, it was like they just took on Christmas. And because it was the thing to do to kind of normalize with the way everything was here. But now, like even educating our children about this, like we put more emphasis into Diwali, whereas before we never did. And I'm like, why are we not celebrating that? That's like a significant thing for us. Us, We should be sharing the sweets and, and gift giving at that time to create that magic. And so I think a book like this is such a great educational tool to really open up to people that this is just a season of so much festiveness and so many things to understand and take in. So I think that's absolutely beautiful that uh, this book came together that way. Do you foresee more holiday rom-coms like on television kind of incorporating more of these stories? Because I know at, at first you wanted this to be a screenplay. Like, is there a hope for you that these kind of books kind of make that happen on screen? Yeah, I, I'm always interested in seeing more representation, seeing different types of stories on the screen, on the page. Uh, those are the types of books that I write. And and initially, as you said, this idea was for a screenplay. And then Marissa and I are, we're novelists. So of course, the natural medium is to write a book. Uh, we're always hopeful that someone will think, oh, this would make a really great movie and perhaps want to adapt it for the big screen. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's so important, especially in a country as diverse as Canada, uh, to, to have not just the same. And also, it's just, you know, having diversity in your in, in the types of stories that are there. So many people who, who have read my book who only celebrate Christmas, uh, who have read our book and only celebrate Christmas, have said to me, like, this is a really different take on the kind of stories that that they usually see. And it's refreshing and fun. Yeah. I found myself, because my my family, we, we celebrate Christmas, and, and I do not know a lot about the other traditions. And of course, like you said, like there's other things that are happening. It's not just Christmas, right? And so I found for myself, I just really loved reading how you weaved all of the traditions and all the celebrations within this story. And I just, you know, I loved hearing about Anna and and sort of her conflicts with with feeling like she's an orphan, you know, almost in the in the pain of losing her dad. And of course, like, she didn't know who she was, right? Like we did this sort of like what you were saying, Marissa, we kind of a multi faith, but she was sort of really grasping and and then Mariam, I was reading you know, how you described, of course, there's the whole marriage going on with her sister, but it's just like, everything just seemed like so colorful in my mind, as I'm reading about their celebrations, and they're talking about all the different things that they do as Muslims, and and, and how they, you know, celebrate at that time as well, and what it means to them. And I thought that as someone who didn't really know, I learned a lot, it was all presented in a very easy way to digest. And I actually, you know, when I ended the book, I'm like, I, I need to learn more, you know, I, le- I want to learn more about all of this, because it just gave me like a warm, happy feeling in my stomach. So I just, I, I just think that it's, it's such a great thing to read about these traditions and, and make them part of our lives. Like, you know, power is in knowledge, right? And I just think the more we know, the better human beings we can be. <laughs> 
for sure. Well, I think that you're, you encapsulated exactly what we wanted people to feel mm-hmm. and, and take away. And I've talked in interviews about my experience, and I learned so much from Uzma, but probably most in one day in Ramadan last year, she invited me to try fasting for a day to, to put myself in the shoes of the characters who were fasting. And um, I acted like a total non-Muslim about it. And I was like, what do you mean? I can't even have water, like, which is apparently what everyone says when they <laughs> Uh, I did, by the way, have water because I'm very weak, but um, <laughs> from from dawn until sunset. And and uh, Asma had described the act of fasting, and I think we have that in the book as as a, an act of radical compassion. And I I understood that by the end of that day, I was hungry. I was um, setting the table for a meal that my family would share with me, and and I was feeling pangs of hunger. And it made me realize what that feels like. Put myself in the shoes of someone who who was feeling hungry and maybe not as certain of having a meal as I was. Um, and it and it changed the way I approached charitable giving. Uh, for example, and you know, it's certainly mm-hmm. meaningful now when when I hear that the food bank is in need. Like I, um, I'm in a position to give, so I do, and that is part of what it is, right? And and people don't know that um, from the outside. So we really wanted to to teach that because Christmas, of course, is about giving and uh, generosity. Mm-hmm. And, and same with the Ramadan. There's so many uh, campaigns that happen over the course of the month, and it was really hilarious to watch uh, Marissa fast. I was fasting as well, and. Uh, uh, the the stream of messages, I think we, we said could, could turn it into a comedy routine about like, wait, what's happening? Why am I feeling like this? The amount of food that you, I think you ordered a whole bunch of haka food that night. <laughs> and it kind of made its way into our book as well. Uh, with, yeah, with, with, with uh, everything that happened in our novel. But no, you're... Uh, Tanya, you really uh, encapsulated mm-hmm. what our motivation was. Was just, I mean, it's it's not our book is ultimately a entertaining, joyful, fun read. Uh, but I, for me, I always find it fascinating learning about different cultures and different faiths, uh, especially when you're learning about something as fun and festive as different holidays. And snow falls. What a magical place! If only every mm. pocket of the world could be like that, where they're accepting and want to learn and understand that. So, how did the idea of this town come to be? So we were initially inspired by El Monte, which is outside of Ottawa, which I read about in the New York Times. And the, I think the headline was like, your your favorite holiday movie was probably shot in this Ontario town. And I was like, what? And then I clicked on it and it's just this little Christmas town. And so that's where that first part of it came from. But then we've also talked about this a lot. We kind of created a town that we really wish existed in a world that we really want to, to um, live in. Sort of inspired by the GTA and towns outside of Toronto. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I think my son is doing something with dishes upstairs now too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we we did we created this world we we would we want to live in and if that snow falls like I I would live there in a heartbeat. Totally want to go there. <laughs> I know, right? So magical. And when it came to the characters, was there a favorite for you or a favorite couple in all of this that you kind of connected with a little bit more? I know you both wrote um, separate parts of the book and kind of, you know, would have discussions about how it would all work. 
I think one of the favorite characters for both of us became Dadu, which is uh, Mariam's grandfather. Mine too. And, yeah, he's, he's this adorable. <laughs> everyone. Yeah, he, he, everyone loves him. He's this adorable man who is irrepressibly happy. Uh, he's, he suffered the loss of his wife, Mariam's grandmother, a few years ago. And he accompanies uh, Mariam and her family on the way to the wedding, which is in the title, Three Holidays in a Wedding. But he is a retired Bollywood director, and he is just in love with love. And he's he's like kind of modeled off my father a little bit. He loves to give advice. He's very much like the jolly patriarch of this like very close-knit family. Uh, and then the other thing that we've, we've mentioned before is as much as this book is about, of course, it's a romantic comedy. There's We have all, all different types of love, including romantic love. My favorite story, though, is the friendship that develops between Mariam and Anna. They start off not really liking each other, and then they, they form a very fast friendship, which is beautiful to watch. Those are my favorites, too. <laughs> I think one of the things that I really connected with is, um, you know, this idea of what family is, you know, and I, I've always heard the quote saying, you know, friends are the family that that um, that you decide to make together. And, and one of the quotes was um, it was uh, sometimes home is where your friends are. And that seems like it's a really big theme of the book and that, you know, Anna and Mariam, yeah, they didn't get along, you know, from the very beginning. And uh, and then they just, they, they had this close friendship. And I just really loved how you you brought them together and, um, and you kind of got that warm, fuzzy feeling of like, yeah, friends are the family that you pick. And sometimes those bonds are even stronger because... You know, you you pick them, and uh, because it's just not something that's just there. It's like you know, I really like you. I really like you, and I want you to be a part of my my family. And I just I loved reading about how that friendship developed. The other thing we talked about was the quote in the beginning of the book. Why did you lead with that quote? Oh, that was all Marissa. Yeah, yeah. Ah. story. I think. I mean. Uh, well, I, I came across it one day or I was familiar with it and I almost just put it there as a placeholder just because it felt like it was just such an important theme. And it's, uh, what is it? The light looks a little different on that wall and a little different on, on the other one and mm-hmm. different on that one, but it's all light, which is a roomy quote. And um, it has been my experience having been raised in a multi-faith home. And every time I learn about another religion, I get that feeling like it's it's we're talking about the same light every we're all different but but religions and and faiths and and community is really all about these tenets that we all hold true and it just felt so important to have that at the beginning of the novel and it feels very important now to to consider that if you think about the the role of light in all three of the monotheistic faiths right christmas is uh characterized by light in the darkness right it happens in the darkest part of the year and hanukkah right now we're celebrating uh right it's the lighting of the menorah and and in Islam, uh, light plays a really huge part as well. There's a lot of reference to light in our holy books and just the idea of light. And also a lot of people put up lights during Ramadan as well to kind of celebrate the season. So I, I think it, that's, it's, it was a beautiful quote when Marissa put it into our shared document. I was like, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's quotes Jalaluddin Rumi, uh, who is a very famous Muslim Persian poet. No relation, but... Uh, <laughs> no, it was amazing. <laughs> we thoroughly enjoyed the book. So... Can you both let us know what's kind of next for you? I know we ask Marissa this every year because then we put on our radar what we're reading next. But um, yeah, <laughs> next, what are you both yeah. working on or some future plans you can fill our readers in on? 
I'm diving into a new genre for me. I'm writing a cozy adjacent mystery novel. Uh, I'm kind of describing it as like the South Asian Miss Marple set in Scarborough in, in a small neighborhood in Toronto. Uh, so that's I'm I'm very early in that process. So you you can look for it in a couple of years. It'll it'll take that long to get out into the world. And I'm so excited about it. And I will say we talk often about what our next project together will be. We don't know much about it, except we know Dadu will be making cameo. (laughs) 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 Two novels coming out next fall. Um, I have a holiday rom-com under a new pseudonym, Julia McKay. It's called The Holiday Honeymoon Switch. And it's so fun. It takes place in Hawaii and a cozy little cabin um, in the Hudson Valley. And it's about two best friends who switch um, holiday trips when one of them gets left at the altar and both find love that they didn't expect Ooh. it's really, <laughs> and really cute uh and then i have a book called the lightning bottles under under marissa stapley under my name which is a 90s um more like book, book club fiction like uh, upmarket uh 90s set in the 90s alternative music scene it's about a famous couple um sort of Kurt and courtney meets like the white stripes um and then in the mail the husband goes missing at the height of their fame and it's about his wife um going on a on a search for clues about where he is he's leaving street art clues like banksy across europe and it's um Mm. it's a real love and a mystery and set in the 90s and i'm i'm a 90s kid so oh exciting i know i love the ian Ziering reference as to who would play um (laughs) nick in the movie and i was like oh i can definitely see that as as how he is but uh yeah amazing um tanya any last thoughts uh no i mean i i thoroughly enjoyed i i think i'm actually going to give it to my sister to read over (laughs) over the holidays because it's just like like it's 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 light reading but it just it just really does touch you and um i so want to go to snow falls like it's like the ultimate snow day i mean here in edmonton uh where i am we do get some snow days although we have no snow this is just it's like plus eight today it is just so weird heading into Christmas but I just remember as a kid I remember those you know those snow days and there's one image there's a few images that stand out for me in in the book but one of them is like Anna standing in her Manolo Blahniks like catching snowflakes on her tongue (laughs) and then you know Josh picks her up like you know like a fireman and takes her to the takes her to the hotel there's like something I'm like oh my god I wish that would happen to me but first I need those shoes you need the shoes and you need the snowfall in Edmonton and maybe it'll happen I need the Josh Hmm, where do I find that (laughs) anyway absolutely delightful um thank you so much for writing this book and uh I, I hope it does very very well for both of you thank you thank you it was a pleasure Yeah, thank you both again for chatting with us. And uh, we look forward to your next reads and to hopefully speak to you again. Definitely. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye, Marissa. Bye, Usma. Thank Thank you. you. Have a great day, guys. Bye. Thank you for kicking back and relaxing with us. We hope you'll join us again on Relaxing Reads.